the matter of the people of the state of California versus Orenthal James Simpson, case number BA09. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for you. The recording is in progress. Did you see I just almost stabbed myself in the face with this scissors? I don't know. I'm you know, trying. I don't know why you held the scissors directly up to your face. <laughs> Besides trying to stab yourself in the face. I'm going to put them down. I don't think I should hold them anymore. Might be a good idea. Uh, <laughs> we just learned that Taylor will be off to lovely, lovely Japan in about two months time for two mm -hmm. weeks, which is really, really exciting. And she's going to be flexing her brand new Doc Martens, which, as we just described, was an absolute status symbol when I was in high school. I hope it's not offensive to anyone. I know I have to like cover my tet shoes in some places. Um, my cousin Lindsay, who we know and love, uh, knows more about Japan than um, anyone I know. She has her PhD in Japanese literature. She teaches at Japan House at the University of Illinois. She's the smartest person I know. And uh, so her and Juan spent two hours on Zoom together on Sunday, just like talking about all the things that we should do. And she gave us a lot of advice and it was very exciting. Why would Doc Martens be offensive? I don't know. I feel like tattoos are offensive. Are they going to think I'm in the Yakuza? Oh my God. Cut that out. I just don't want to do anything wrong. You'll be I'm fine. Sen I'm sensitive. Yeah. You're probably not the first American they interacted with. I know. I'm just the coolest. The coolest. Exactly. You're going to have some of the best food and the best scenery. I know, right? And I expect there to be a giant Instagram drop yes. highlighting the entire trip. Oh my god, totally. We'll have Instagram when we're there too, because this is 2024. We can do whatever we want. We can have the oh, internet yeah. in Japan. It'd be dope. Wild, wild times. Yeah. So today we are going. Oh yeah, we are doomed to fail. I yeah. like literally just stopped doing the intro at this point. Um, mm -hmm. We're doomed to fail. I'm Fars, joined here by Taylor. We discussed Stephen Glass earlier this week. We are on to a new topic that is going to be run by Taylor and Taylor. And I have a shared Google Drive, but we make it a point not to check what each other's up to in there. Taylor Mine's deliberately, yeah, deliberately asked me this week not to look. And I think it was mostly because of the fact that I was, um, we took a little break between recording this time as opposed to usual. And so she thought I'd go and peek, which I saw your message and I did not. Good. I mean, I just, I just wanted to get, I wanted to get a little bit ahead and like put up the photos and such. Got it. Um, but um, I am ready. Are you ready? I'm ready, but is this going to be a guest situation or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Lars, I'm going to name three people, and I want you to tell me what they have in common. I love this game. Let's do it. Ready? John Wayne, Lyndon Johnson, and Phil Collins. Very tall. I think Phil Collins oh. is like 5'3". I wouldn't then I have no idea. Uh, men of the 1950s and 60s. No. Phil Collins is, like, not that old. He's pretty old. Isn't he? He's got to be, like, in his 70s, right? He's 5'6". I was not wrong. He's 73. But John Wayne is, like, 105. He's dead. True. He is dead. <laughs> All right. News. Um, I wrote, correct. In a funny way. I don't know if you're going to get it or not. Um, but they're all obsessed with, they're all obsessed with one thing that is famous in your home state of Texas, and it is the Alamo. Ah. Yeah. Um, and I was looking, researching this already. And then now Texas is like losing its mind. Have you seen what's going on in Texas? Because you're there. 
there's something there's something going on with border patrol. Jesus Christ. So like the federal government said that they cannot throw babies into the river full of razor wire and Texas says no. They want to do that. I feel like there's a lot more nuance to that. Hopefully it's not just that, but lots of it going on. I saw some like really fun um memes about it. And I don't know if this is true, but I've seen it in a bunch where someone posted like if we secede from America, do we still get our social security checks? <laughs> <laughs> like no sweetie you don't that's not that's not how that works <laughs> that'll be the one thing that stops it from happening i mean i think the idea of having to get a texas passport and have organized everyone in texas would be enough to stop that from happening but texas does have the distinction of being the only state that was its own country right let's talk about it is that wait, so you're, that's what you're doing you're you're covering texas or the Alma. Alma? oh sweet yeah. woo yeah awesome okay yeah yeah so i i yeah like i been to the Alamo a million times. It's a huge part of Texas culture and high school, they teach you a ton about it. I mean, it, in every part of education in Texas, they teach you about it. Um, so, but I mean, I've been gone back and revisited like in a very long time. So I'm excited. Um, yeah. And I, which I'm gonna call it, I was going to say this later, but I can say this now that in like 2018, they tried to get Texas to stop calling the people of the Alamo heroic because heroic implies that they were doing the right thing. And like someone went to the Texas Board of Education with that and the Texas Board of Education said, no, we have to keep teaching them as heroic. Yeah, but I mean, I have a working knowledge of what happened. I mean, they were standing up to San Jacinto and his military. Um, Santa Ana. Damn it. And, and you know why? Because he wanted them to come back to Mexico. Uh, he wanted no. he wanted Texas to come back to Mexico. Texas was part of Mexico. Fuck. Okay. You know what? I'm gonna take. I'm gonna I take wanted back. to tell you. Uh, just tell me. I'm gonna take back everything I said I knew about it. <laughs> it was a long time ago, people. I'm nearly four years old. I wasn't in high school in like thirty years. Okay, so yes, it is the Alamo. Like I said, I've been thinking about the American West, and we've been talking about it. And I remember that I read a book called forget the Alamo that our friend Beth told me about. And I thought, oh, I'll read that again. Like while I was like in my break and like painting, I was like, oh, that was fun to read. I'll read it again. So I went to, I have this app called Ever And. It's like um, $10 a month and you can get like most books on it like pretty immediately. You don't have to wait. So I was like, oh, I'll find it there. So I started reading this book called Forget the Alamo. And it was like a dude in the, in the military in the Middle East. And he was like driving a... Um, I don't know, whatever, like a Humvee, and then they got into an accident, and like a I, I nope, not IUD. Uh, is it yeah, it's not IUD. Improvised I, IED. IED. Yeah, yeah. Right, IED is birth control. Anyway, and then he like went into a coma, and then woke up, and he was at the Alamo, and I was like, I am reading the wrong book <laughs> because that is not the book that I meant to read. <laughs> so I <laughs> stopped reading that book. So I was like, this is silly. What am I reading? And I went back and read the actual book that I wanted to read um, called Forget the, Al the Alamo, and I'll put it in um, in there in the notes and everything. But, Pars, as a student of Texas, have you been to the Bullock Museum in Austin? So I have been there because the Bullock Museum in Austin actually contains a one of those IMAXs. The, one, of, one, of like, one of the eight IMAXs that does the 80 millimeter or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -mm. It's like it's like it's like the best version of an IMAX, and only very Ooh. few theaters in the U.S. have it. Mm -hmm. um, but I went there for that. I did not go there to actually see the museum. Um, well, it sounds cool. They have a lot of like Texas history stuff there, so 
next time I'm in Austin, we should go. But it has on their website, they have some really cool timelines of different pieces of Texas history. So for example, there's evidence that like the first people were there in about 14,000 BC. And then we're like the Clovis pe people in the Ice Age. I think we've talked about them. So there's evidence going very far back of humans living there. But we're, but they do have a specific timeline just for the Texas part of history, not like the land, but like Texas as a thing. So it has a great timeline. It ends with George Bush being president, which is not complete. That <laughs> I feel is, like that's when someone should, ended. someone should update their website because like the rest of it seems pretty legit. And then you're like, stuff happened after that. Like there's a <laughs> new governors, like at least, at least name the new governors. But um, so basically 1492 Columbus gets to the Americas in 1519. Alonso Alvarez de Pineda mapped out the Gulf of Mexico. So this is the Spanish kind of going into that like Gulf of Mexico, Mexico, Florida, Louisiana, Texas place that we know now as the Gulf of Mexico. Um, there's lots of Spanish exploration, obviously. In 1598, conquistador Juan de Onate and hundreds of settlers finally reached the Rio Grande in April. So it was Spanish territory for several hundred years and like part of Spain. Okay. Um, now it's the 1800s, and between 1820 and 1824, Mexico wins its independence from Spain. So now Mexico is its own country, and um, Texas is a Mexican province. Wait, that's how recently Mex Spain owned. Wait, did you say 1820? Yeah. That's. I know. I mean, it's not that long wow. ago. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like a little bit pre-Civil War, but 1800s, yeah. So Texas was part of Mexico. And there's a dude named Moses Austin, and he's a land guy in the East. He owns like a lead mine. Um, they call him the King of Lead, which is not great because that makes you crazy. But and it can kill I mean, you. But it would have been cool if he was like an arms dealer, though. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's true. That's really cool. Um, but Moses Austin gets a grant from Mexico to bring 300 families over because Mexico is like, yeah, totally. We want, we want people here. Hilarious border negotiations. Wait, I, I'm missing something. He wanted a grant to bring them from where? From the east east coast of America. Okay, got it. Okay, yeah. I did not, I did, whoa, Zoom is really taking my hand gestures too seriously. Moses, there's a, lot, there's a lot of space in Texas. Obviously, Texas is gigantic and it's very fertile and you can grow things there like cotton. And Mexico's like, you know what? We need more people here. We need families to come in and use the land and invest in our in our you know infrastructure. So we want you to come. Moses Austin dies um, before he gets there, but his son, Stephen F. Austin, brings people over. And he's probably the Austin that Austin's named after. Probably. Um, so... Mexico wanted people to settle. They said, come into our territory um, with a $30 down payment. You don't have to pay taxes for the next 10 years. Like, we just want you to come. We want people from the U.S. to come to Texas, which is part of Mexico, to live. So there is a – so the Americans um, coming wait, over so was, were like, Wait, so was Mexico – was Texas as part of Mexico unsettled? A lot of it was. Okay. I mean, there were, like, Native Americans there, but, like, it wasn't settled by Mexico particularly, like, that much. So they were, like, trying to get more people to come. Got it. They were, like, we see opportunity here. More people can come here. We can fit more people. You could fit more people in Texas now. 
You could you put know. the entire U.S. in Texas and still have yeah. room. Yeah. <laughs> if you were like, everyone needs space, yeah, come to Texas. There's plenty of space. So um, Mexico invited all these people from the U.S. to come. They came, started settling. Right away, they kind of wanted to be their own thing. They didn't really want to be a part of Mexico or part of the U.S. They called themselves te- Texians, which is hard to say and weird. But they called themselves Texians, but they were, they were officially Mexicans when they lived there. Um they also brought from the U.S. Guess what they brought? Probably something bad. Yep. They brought their enslaved people. There you go. And Mexico um, is an abolitionist country. It always has been. When it started, it became one. Um, and they said, no, we do not want you to have enslaved people here in, in Mexico. And the Texians were like, but then we wouldn't have any money. You know, just like Thomas Jefferson, like... Yeah, 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 yeah. But you don't understand. If I didn't have have these people, then like I wouldn't make as much money as I'm making right now. Like, do you realize how much more money there is for me if I don't have to pay the overhead of people working for me? Yeah. So, um, so they were. That's that's what the fight of the Alamo is about. It's about the Texas right to have enslaved people. So, um, that's that's what it is about. And um, similar to the second time that Texas was in a war in the 1800s, which was the Civil War, um, it was all about keeping their their enslaved people. I mean, so, that is, I will I will say that is less romantic than we are just a steadfast people who want our autonomy. Yes, I mean it's like you know, remember when like the other day people are like, one of the presidential candidates was like, oh yeah, the Civil War was about states' rights. And you're like. Oh my God! Stop this! It writes to there is a there is a unique desire to deliberately misunderstand history. Yeah, for reasons that I guess kind of make sense depending on your demographic that you're catering to, but isn't intellectually honest. Is yeah, it's not it's not honest. Like if you go to Germany, they're very honest. You know, they learn, they talk about what happened. There's still you know they, baddies over there, wait, but they, they talk about it. They definitely don't talk. Like you can't even yes, talk. Yes, they do. About, you can't, well, you can't bring. What are you like, talking about? They're, you can't. Bring there's like a up, thousand Holocaust museums in Germany. No, I know, but like you can't. You can't well, be I, a Nazi, but okay. you can right. talk about Nazis. Yeah. I I just have I I I've been I've, I've been in Germany and I'm like these people are not nice people. <laughs> like they're really? not warm nice people at all. I thought they think they're super nice. Maybe it's just because maybe I think proud and maybe that's yeah. Maybe that's the point. Yeah, oh, okay, fine, we win. Because of the way you look is probably has a lot to do with it. <laughs> There's people everywhere who aren't great, but either way, these wars are about the right to keep people enslaved so that you can have more money, essentially. All right. And so not money like every war is about also. So Mexico starts to get nervous. Um, they are now encouraging people from like the country of Mexico as we know it now, like the southern part, to move into Texas so that the Texians aren't the only people there, which is just so funny that that border has always been like a problem. So now they're trying to get people to like move. And it's all Mexico still, but the people in the Texas part of Mexico are getting like, they're, they're getting riled up. In 1830, Mexico totally bans U.S. immigration. So they say, we don't want anyone else from the U.S. to come here because, you know, until we figure this out, because they're figuring out the the is, issue with the slaves. That is so ironic. I know. They encouraged immigration from Mexico and other European countries, um, places that rest- had more restrictions on slavery, um, and they had an increased military presence in the re- in the region. So they were trying. They were like, "We see these people who live in this Texas 
province of Mexico kind of getting out of control. In 1833, General Antonio Lopez de Santa Ana becomes president of Mexico. So he's the one that you're thinking about. He's the big one. Um, there's a battle that he becomes president during that I'm not covering right now, but um, there was a few um, constitutions. A couple of them were like, we can give Texas a little bit more freedom to like do their own thing. But it ended up in one where um, they want to make sure that Texas is a part of Mexico and adhering to Mexico's laws, right? Yeah, makes sense. I wrote no mas shenanigans, which I'm sure is what they said in that meeting. <laughs> so on October 2nd, 1835, the Texas Revolution begins. Um, guess what? They so I didn't even write down who said this because it's so stupid, but someone said come and take it. And I'm sure you've seen that on like all the bumper stickers in Texas. Yeah, it was probably um Stephen. Stephen F. Austin, or I don't think it was Austin. It was someone else, but something Bowie um, or Houston, no, or one of those it wasn't guys. Or Houston. Anyway, but Ted Cruz tweeted it the other day, which you know made me laugh again. No, um, Ted Cruz. When you're the worst getting people, example. getting people in line to get their Texas passports, you give us a call, Ted Cruz. You need FEMA, but um, so well, someone he's responded. literally on his way to Mexico in the middle of like, as he's fleeing the country. He'll be like, can Texas be part of Mexico again? <laughs> So much warmer um, down here. Ugh, so funny. Um, so someone responded to that tweet. We've done that twice already. Like we've already. <laughs> um, but on March second, eighteen thirty-six, Texas declares its independence. Um, on March sixth, so we're gonna I'm gonna tell you what happens and then tell you what happened at the Alamo. So on March sixth, eighteen thirty-six, the Alamo falls. We'll talk about that in a second. After that, there's another battle of San Jacinto on August 21st, 1836, where the Texians win. And yep. on September 1st, 1836, Texas elects Sam Houston as its president. Blah, blah, blah. Ten years later, they become part of the U.S. Um, and then, obviously, they become part of the Confederacy and then back to the U.S. after that. So, right. bumping around. Lots of, lots of bouncing around. Yeah. But we're here to talk about the Alamo. Um, I have been there as well. I went to a wedding that was like near the Alamo. My husband actually went to like elementary school and like it's part of junior high in San Antonio. So um, I know that. We, have, we have friends who are still there because his dad was in the military. So they moved around a lot. So some of his friends who are there, we still, um, we still talk to. So we were there for a wedding like 15 years ago, but it was super fun. Um, and right now, like you think of it, you think of like the mission part of it, right? Yeah. You've seen um, the, Pee-wee's Great Adventure, where he's looking for the basement. No, I don't think I've seen that one. What? So Pee-wee's Great Adventure, he like loses his bike. It's really good. We actually watched it recently after Pee-wee or um. Oh god, what uh, god what's his name? I just had it after. I know it's Ru Rudy. Ru Ru uh, Ru no, damn it. I could look it up, but after he passed away, Paul Rubens. Yeah, it was close. Paul Rubens. Yeah. After he passed away, we did watch it again. It's great. But they tell he like thinks that his bike is at the basement of the Alamo and he gets there and there's like, there's no basement. Everybody's laughing at him. And it's like a whole thing. There is another story similar where um, JFK was doing a speech there during the campaign in 1960. And he was trying to leave, but there were so many people there. And he asked one of the women who worked there, he said, is there a back door? And she said, Senator, there are no back doors at the Alamo, only heroes. Because everyone died. Also, there is, yeah. Also, there is a back door. Like he could have. She was being dramatic. So, 
here's a little bit of history of the of the Alamo. It's not just that building that's like the museum that you like see right now. It's actually like a big complex. Um, in it was called the Mission San Antonio de Valero, and then they called it the the Alamo. Um, it was three acres of land, uh, about thirteen hundred square feet. Um, there was a plaza in the middle. The, the chapel was on one side, and then there was a barracks building with a bunch of rooms, and they all had one door that went out to the middle. So it was kind of like a fortified. It was kind of complex. Like yeah. Exactly. The walls um, surrounding it were, you know, almost three feet thick and ranged from nine to 12 feet high. So they were pretty well in there, in there, um, in the walls. Um, there were no holes to shoot out of, just as an aside. So there's no way to like shoot unless you were like standing over the wall. Um, and then it's 1836 and this cast of characters kind of starts to get the Alamo. It's kind of a way station between different battles. Some of the people who are involved will talk about them kind of one by one. So first talk about Travis. Travis is a piece of fucking work. William B. Travis was a lieutenant colonel in the Texas Army during the Texas Revolution. He had no reason to be at that. He had no like history of being a military person. He just like got there and was like loud. Um, he wrote a letter while he was there that was like to the people of Texas and all Americans in the world um, about how he like needed freedom and like needed help and all these things like that also has made him very, very famous because people like think of that as like bravery. Um, when I am listening to like a book like this, I have my, I usually have my like notes app open and I'll put things in there that I want to remember, you know? Yeah. And the, the first note I took was don't forget that Travis had syphilis. I just wonder how much history would be different if people weren't riddled with syphilis. Yeah, why? I, I would assume. Didn't this come up with Mango too? Where like Mango's riddled with syphilis? Yeah, all the time in these history stories. They're like, and by the way, it's syphilis. And then they took a bunch of mercury and made a bunch of decisions that changed history. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, like what would history look like without mercury, syphilis, and lead? I know, for real. For real. Um, so syphilis fucks with your mind. So he's just like kind of a maniac. Some of his highlights are um, when he became a teacher when he was younger and immediately slept with a student. They did get married, but they had a kid before they were, got married. He created a newspaper, but um, it immediately went under because he didn't take care of it. Like the ads were upside down and like things were spelled wrong. It was just like really shitty. And he tried to be a lawyer, but he was laughed out of court. People were like, no, like you're just, you're a I mean. I, I I can actually resonate with with that sentiment. <laughs> I understand. Um, so he decided to go to Texas for the opportunity. You know, um, Wikipedia. I'm just going to quote Wikipedia on this because it's really funny. They said, um, "So he decides to go to Texas for the opportunity." And Wikipedia said, "Quote: His wife trusted him to eventually return or send for her and his children. He did neither." But he goes to Texas and starts, like, getting riled up, and he joins the the Texas Army. Um, and so he becomes, you know, this military guy, and he happens to be at the Alamo. Um, the other guy who is there is James Bowie, like the knife. Yeah. He was a frontiersman. Fun job. Um, he also, this is the only thing I wrote down. You Do, do you know, um, in the 1970s, do you know the story that um, there was a, a man named Davy Jones who wanted to be a singer? Have you heard this? No. Do you know who Davy Jones is? Like the yeah, Davy Jones locker. Uh, yes. Yeah, so There's Davy Jones, like the pirate, but there's also a singer named Davy Jones from the Monkees. 
Oh, that band. I know the monkeys. Yeah. So the lead singer is Davy Jones. And there was another dude who was like, I really want to be a famous singer, but my name is Davy Jones too. What do I do? And he was watching um, like one of these Western movies about Jim Bowie. And he was like, that sounds pretty cool. So he changed his name to David Bowie. Seriously? Mm -hmm. Isn't that fun? Yeah. And I totally thought that was a coincidence. No, he changed his name just because he watched a movie about about the the Alamo, and he was like, "That seems cool." And I'm definitely going to say Bowie instead of Bowie this entire time from now on. But it's hard. Yeah, to go but for isn't it. that fun? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, so James Bowie is there. He probably doesn't like deserve the the um myth around like the knife. You know, people he started to see it, and then he started to, like mass produce it. You know, and then like sell it and and all of that. But he's part of the army, and he's there. Um, and then there's the King of the Wild Frontier. Who's that? It's the guy who we wears the armadillo hat. The raccoon hat? God. I, you know what's funny? I was thinking this whole time that our listener, my friend Daniel, he is going to listen to this and then text me like, you paid attention to absolutely nothing in school. Well, maybe, maybe not. Because I feel like the way Texas teaches it is not the way I'm telling it right now. You know, I mean, like, no, because I'm taking my raccoon, bias and being very, you know, oh yeah. Could you imagine having an armadillo hat? Do you know what armadillo Yeah, like, why, like? Would, that's just stupid. Like, why, why would I ever assume it's like, what, I feel like it'd be good to wear on like a horse because it's like a helmet. Yeah, wouldn't you just get leprosy like all over your head? Like, it would be a horrible idea to wear the skin of an armadillo. So, I don't yeah. Do that, does that? No. You're right. They do carry leprosy. The, the, um, nobody, you know, even in this story, now that you said, I was like, oh yeah, it was obviously a raccoon. So like, I just, I just, sorry, Dan. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, Davy Crockett is more folklore than real man. He was name was David Crockett. He didn't really love the name Davy Crockett. Um, he was a U.S. congressman. Did you know that? No. And he, um. Voted against some things he didn't like. Um, he didn't like that West Point was just for sons of the wealthy, of the wealthy, and he didn't love Andrew Jackson's horrible shit that he did to everyone, which is like fair. Um, but eventually he did leave, and he said something um, very famous. I don't know if this is one hundred percent true, but I did hear one of the January sixth wives say this after she, um, after her husband was sent to prison, but he. David Crockett uh, allegedly famously said, I told the people of my district that I would serve them as faith faithfully as I had done. But if not, they might go to hell and I would go to Texas. So like, well, you all can go well, to hell. I'm going to go to Texas. Was was the wife a representative or something? No, she didn't say that part. But she said, you all can go to oh, hell. I'm going to go back to Texas. Got it. Got it. <laughs> so, um, so... That's who that that those are the three famous guys that are there, and they're there with also some other um, military people. They have some food. They have some. Um, there's some women and children who are there at the same time. But their job is to defend this fort from the Mexicans who are like camping around them and coming to you know obviously like fight in this war. Um, the Texians think the war is slowing down. They have the Alamo. It has weapons and a strategy in place. Sam Houston sends a. Uh, Jim Bowie there. Travis joins him and they share command. So on February 23rd, Santa Ana's men start a siege. So they surround the Alamo and they can't get they can't get out. They inside, they're like kind of cleaning up, making sure they have all the food that they have, trying to get water. They dig a well, but it weakens a wall. They're kind of like bumbling around. Um, and the next day, like the second day of the siege, um, Bowie gets really sick. 
and he is bedridden for the rest of the time. And so Travis is now in command. Um, at some point, Travis may or may not, but probably not, drew the line in the sand. Do you remember that? I remember this. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about this. This was when they realized. So I remember it as being later on, like in the siege, where it was mostly self-evident that everybody was going to die, <laughs> like mm -hmm. a horrible death. And mm -hmm. he drew a line in the sand saying that, you know, it wasn't about surrender. It was something about, like, you can escape. I don't know how they would have escaped exactly. But that was the option I think that was posed to them was you're either with me, you're going to stay here, we're going to just die together, or you can escape. Yeah. I don't think he actually did that. I watched a video from the Alamo, like, museum website, and it was it was cute. It was, like, a guy being, like, this is where we have, they have this, like, brass line on the ground. And they're, like, this is where Travis drew his line. And they're, like, she, they're, like, he probably didn't, but, like, we like to think he did. <laughs> and you're, like, okay. Yeah, it's a better story. You can have that. That's fun. Um, it's also when he writes his letter his to the people of Texas and all Americans in the world. He says, part of it, it says, quote, I am determined to sustain myself as long as possible and die like a soldier who will never forget what is due to his own hour and own honor and that of his country. Victory or death. Like, also, he also had no choice. Like, he was going to die. Yeah. I mean, at that point, at that point, like, go out. Cool. Yeah. Um, historian Mary Deborah Petit called the letter said the letter is considered by many as one of the masterpieces of American patriotism because it's really just like I'm gonna die here. I mean, yeah, was he, going to. were he was they not... shooting to be part of America or independence? No, which is hilarious that like people point to it as like a very American thing, and you're like, no, no, he was trying to be. A Texian have its own Texas things. They didn't want the American rules either, because America was also leading towards abolition. You know. Yeah. Um. It's like I saw another thing that someone on Instagram was like, someone said like, um, you know, Robert E. Lee was a great general and a great patriot, and someone was like, no, no. I mean, he was probably a great general, but you can't be a great patriot and also no. see from the Union. A hundred percent, exactly, exactly. So reinforcements arrive on March fourth. Um, Bowie's sister-in-law is said to have gone to Santa Ana and asked for, um, mercy and that kind of pissed him off and that kind of made him like move forward with the, with the siege. So on March, so the siege of the Alamo is on March 6th, the Mexicans storm in over the wall at 530 in the morning, which is not nice. That's weird. Taylor, we would, we would have so slept through that. <laughs> well, the first three people to die were the guards outside the Alamo and guess how they died? They were asleep. Yeah, they died in their sleep. Yeah, that would have been us. <laughs> I'm like, what? Oh. <laughs> Just stab me. I'm already I'm already down. I'm already I mean, off the ground. You'd be a fool to put me on like morning <laughs> duty. You know, that would be on you. Because I, mean, I would be terrible at it. I mean they kind of picked our our contemporaries, it sounds like. <laughs> So those people died first. Um, the non-combatants, there's some women and children there, moved to the chapel. And the Mexicans came over the wall in such a dense wave that it wasn't good for anyone. So the Mexicans couldn't move back once they started moving forward because there were so many of them, like, running into the Alamo and, like, trying to climb the walls. Like, they could, like their ladders didn't really work, so they're like, trying to climb the walls. They were trying to, like, jump over the gates, trying to do all these things. And they're coming so fast that the Texians inside can't even um, hold their guns straight because they're coming so fast at them. And Good strategy. Yeah. And so, like, a lot of Mexicans died in this, but, like, 
all of the Texians died, <laughs> you know, yeah. but they were just like being over overrun. Um, they did, which is kind of fun. The Texians had cannons. This is fun relative, but they filled them with things like nails and broken horseshoes and stuff and like sprayed that into the crowd of Mexicans. And so like that stopped some of them from coming toward them. Um, yeah, Taylor, that is fun. <laughs> that is so fun. Unexpected, you know, like I should get hit by a horseshoe. Like what's, what's happening? I thought I was, I thought I was in a palace. So weird. Did a horse just throw a shoe at me? Like that's funny. Um, and then you're, then you're dead. So oh, that's funny. Um, Travis is one of the first people to die. Um, he was he was shot like almost immediately. Um, some Texians may have surrendered, but they were executed. There was no like mercy. Um, there were three attacks in 15 minutes. Uh, each room had one door, like again, like into the interior, and they had tried to like dig holes and like have holes to be able to shoot out of them. But the Mexicans would just knock the door down and just shoot into the darkness, you know, Jeez. and just like kill everybody who happened to be there. Crockett and his men were some of the last to die. They um, ran out of, this is very brave of to, to say. I mean, I think, like, like we said, and we'll talk about it, like heroic isn't the word because of what they were defending technically, but um, they ran out of bullets and they used their rifles as clubs. That's you know, they fought They fought to the end. Um, uh, Bowie probably died in bed. A lot of people don't want to believe that because they want him to be this like, strong frontiers man but he was super super sick so one historian said the best bet is that he died with his back against the wall like in the corner of his bed trying to stab with his knife the bayonet thing no like his bowie knife oh like literally just stabbing oh wow okay yeah so um so all of those, those main guys are are dead um the last thing that happens is someone tries to blow up the gunpowder one of the texian does does so that the mexicans can't have it so he tries to blow up the gunpowder if he had done it he would have killed all the women and children but he didn't do it he got killed before he did that so like that's for the best like we don't want the women and children to die um one of the women who lived was a woman named Susanna Dickinson. She sold her story and like would go on tour and talk about it and get it. It would get more and more sensational for like the rest of her life. One thing is she met with Santa Anna and Santa Anna offered to adopt her daughter and educate her in Mexico City. But Susanna said no. And all of the women given, you know, later, later the day or the next day or whatever, when they left, were given a blanket and two pesos and told just to go. I thought they killed everyone but one woman. No, there were a couple other women. And I think an enslaved person was also let go. And because they were like, this is not your fault. You should huh. you know. So wait, how many, people were there, how many people were there total and how many survived? Let me tell you. First of all, it was all over by 6.30 in the morning. So like. No 25 chance. hours later. No, no. An hour later. Oh, 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 it was the same day. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Taylor, Taylor, we, you know, now that I think about it, actually, it would have been fine. We could have been the last ones there and we still would have been killed because we still wouldn't have woken up in time. Totally. Or you'd wake up and be like, hey, guys, anyone make breakfast? Oh, like, no. This is really no. loud. Like, I don't know what you guys are doing out there. But it's like, weird that I don't, it's weird that I don't smell coffee, you guys, because it's like, like 6 30. Let's get our shit together. I thought that there would be coffee brewing already. Is that not happening today? Do, do you smell coffee? Yeah, are, are we not doing that? <laughs> <laughs> so that's your question a oh, good question there were 2,000 mexican soldiers involved in the assault um 400 to 600 of them died so about 25 percent of them died um, which is a lot 
most out so there's somewhere between 182 and 257 texians so who knows but Yeah. a couple hundred of, of them died um some people think that one person henry warnell escaped um but other people don't think that that's true they think that everyone all of the, the men were killed for sure the mexicans who died were buried the texians were burned and Then a few weeks later, the Mexicans lost to the Texians in the Battle of San Jacinto, and the Texians win, and Texas has its independence for the next 10 years until it joins the, the Confederacy. So that's basically what happened like on that day. Any fun facts that you remember that you want to share? Yeah, now I remember why I thought what I thought that they killed everybody. And the reason is, is because I was a little boy and I was like, wait a minute, why am I the one that is killed? And actually now as an adult, I'm like, can we revisit this whole women and children thing? Like, I, I, like why do I have to die? <laughs> like Taylor, if you're on a, listen, if you're on a boat with me, Okay, children, leave children out of the equation, okay? Let's just, like, apples to apples here, right? Same age, same experience level, whatever. I mean, Why on earth do you get to live and I get have to... Like, what, how, I'm a why? lady. I understand that. And as a feminist, I should totally be agreeing with you. But also, I'm like, these are my ladies' things. I need to be saved. I'm a lady. <laughs> That's bullshit. Put me on the boat. You stay on the Titanic part. I'm a lady. That's bullshit. I'm oh man okay I need you know what I, I can never campaign on this but I do think I have a point here Fair, but I'd also, I'm not giving that up. I'm not giving yeah women and children up first. okay children I can accept Yes, children, fine. But also, like, they're not going to be able to take care of themselves. yes yeah, so Like, let what do you me do? stay with Put, a like, kid 10 children, put, like, 10 children on a life by themselves. They're going to die in, like, a day. you leave I why can't I go with them <laughs> <laughs> I'm stronger. I can actually pro provide more. Like, I mean, good point. You make, you make good points. I believe in equality of the sexes. I know. I guess I do too. I guess that's fair. Um, so you know a lot about the Alamo because you are from Texas and there's a big part in the book, forget the Alamo about how in seventh grade you go on a trip to the Alamo. Like Yeah. that's like a big thing. And during that time, a lot of Mexican children who are Mexican American find out that they're Mexican, you know, like they get there and they're excited. And by the time they leave, a lot of their friends are like you the Mexican, did this you're the bad guy. yeah Yeah. So like, that's which really hard. For a huge which is part of the Texas population. which is interesting because texas culture and mexican so that's the thing like texas isn't like the south south like Mm hmm it's funny because growing up i was like everybody was like oh you know you learn about the confederacy and, like texas is a part of the south and then when i grew up and i started going to like alabama and arkansas and mississippi i was like oh oh this is Deep south. This is very different because Yeah. here, Mexican culture, like, it's just like a part of like life. Like, it's like, Yeah. I mean, it's in this, like, I don't know. It's so, it's, it's just strange to me. Like, learning about how things are in those remote parts of like the deep, deep south, it's just like, no, no, this, it's different. It's dramatically different. And like, Texas is its own unique thing. Yeah, I think that's fair, Which for is sure. strange, which is strange because like I do remember that. I do remember taking those, those field trips and being like, oh, so the Mexicans are the bad guys, the Exactly. baddies. And then you and then you like age like 
maybe five years and then you're like oh actually we're like all one thing like we're all kind of like one pod here yeah but that's really it's it's, it's like a a rite of passage for a lot of mexican-american kids and they talk about how awful it is for them you know to like go on that field trip and like feel that I'm way sure um but one of the reasons so the alamo is a tech is a example of, of you know texas bravery and sure like they were definitely were there and they were definitely gonna die but it wasn't a huge deal or like a huge thing in the popular popular culture until in 1955 there were a string of films called the magical world of disney and five of them were about davy crockett Okay. So Walt, yeah. so Walt Disney made these, and that's the king of the wild frontier um, stuff. People went nuts. There were like, like the number of raccoon tail hats went up by like eight hundred thousand percent that year. I'm sure. Like that, because yeah. this is nineteen fifty-five, um, and that's when the legend starts to like really stick. And in the meantime, John Wayne is trying to get an Alamo movie produced, and John Wayne is famously like he did not fight in war that were around when he was of war fighting age when Pearl Harbor happened, John Wayne was 34 and he had a family. So he was exempt from going to world war two. And he always felt weird about that. Like that's something that he tries to make up for in his like personas, mm. you know? And um, so he made a movie. It didn't come out until 1960. And by then it was kind of too late to get for that like wave of like Alamo fever. Wait, John Wayne was 34 during world war two. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, he would have been, hold on, your, your number is right. He would be like 120 years old now. Yeah. He's not like, no. Yeah. He's old. He's okay. dead, obviously. Yeah. But he, so he made this movie in 1960 and it's, on, it's free with ads on Amazon Prime. And I watched like the first part of it. Have you ever seen a John Wayne movie? No. I feel like I haven't either because it feels like John Wayne is doing a John Wayne impression when I'm watching it. No. It's, it's so funny he goes like he's like all right senorita well i'm gonna take my horse out to the barn senorita yeah he's like he's like he's like those actors like he's like the rock or like ryan reynolds where like he's literally just him not ryan reynolds um oh god yeah ryan reynolds like lively's husband who is that ryan reynolds yeah yeah yeah. Yes. Who's the same in every movie? He's the same in every movie. Like, like, yes, exactly. There's no acting. It's just like you're just being yourself, and we just decided as a public that we like who you are. Exactly. Like Deadpool's the same character as all the other characters, Ryan Reynolds, exactly. but we like you. So we're going to let you do that. Exactly. Right. So that's what you should, I mean, you should watch a little bit of it. It's really funny. There's just so much of the, there's so much Spanish in it, which I think is also interesting because you're like, yeah, they're a part of Mexico, you know? Um, but they have them like kind of like leading up to it. The guy who plays Travis is very, very handsome, but um, it's just, it's just really funny. And if you haven't watched a job, my movie, you just, all you know is the impressions and they're all true. Didn't he play Genghis Khan? Oh, I think maybe. It's a Genghis, it's but most... I think maybe. It's just like that—that's the thing that like stuck out. Like when I thought of like John Wayne was like him trying the to conquer pass in as Mongolian. It's like seriously, this is the best guy we could get to oh, play wow. a Mongolian. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot in there. It's a lot. It's called the Conqueror. Is that what you said? Yeah, I'm looking at the pictures, and they're a lot. John Wayne. Yeah, it's bad. Come on, like what on? <laughs> Who cast this? It was like this. This works. Like he looks like a clown. Like I should watch that because I wonder if he does the same voice. He's like, 
Hello, senorita. I'm Genghis Khan. See, at least Yul Brenner, he looked weird enough to where, like, he, like, had a weird-looking head. And so he could pass off as being, like, vaguely from CM, I think it was, in that movie, The King and I. Oh, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. he's actually, like, Russian. And I think he, like, died of, like, horrible, horrible, like, cancer when he was, like, 45 years old. But anyways, um, sorry, go ahead. I'm derailing us again. Yul Brenner is so cool-looking. He's so cool-looking. No, looking. the guy who was 65. Was it horrible cancer, though? Did I get that part of it right? I don't know, but he's Russian, but like Asian Russian. Mongolian. Like, that's what yeah. it was. Like, that's what, like, yeah. he was this, he was from the steep or step or whatever. Like, that's kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, he died of lung cancer. Yeah, he died of lung cancer. Oh, he looks cool as Ramses II, the Ten Commandments, also from 1956. Okay, we're, der- we're derailed, but. That is a cool picture. Right? He looks cool. Um, so. It looks like a cat. Right? <laughs> Do you see it? Does Kevin kind of look like a cat? Yeah, he looks cool. I like it. I like his vibe. I should watch The King and I again. Very fun. Um, so okay, what am I even talking about? The Alamo. Yeah, what are we? What are we doing here? Okay, so that's John Wayne. Do you remember the three people that I named at the beginning of the story? Um, John Wayne. Oh yeah, uh, Phil Collins. Mm-hmm. And Lyndon Johnson. Lyndon Johnson. Yep. So Lyndon Johnson would talk about the Alamo so much. He would read this poem about the Alamo that his mom used to read to him when he was a little kid. And he would talk about it. And he got to the point where he'd be like, when my ancestors and my great-great-grandfather was at the Alamo, and people were like, what? You're just making stuff up. Like, it was none of that was true. They just but he was, it. He was just, like, so excited about it. He would bring it up all the time when he was, like, doing his own policy stuff. Um, and I'll talk about Phil Collins in a minute. Well, let me, do a talk, let me talk about it now. So there's a, a, an Alamo muse- Museum that Phil Collins has um, donated his collection of Alamo shit to because he's obsessed with it. He is like goes to he would go to San Antonio all the time, talk to the curators, talk to all these people. He has all this memorabilia and shit that like probably isn't real, you know? Yeah. Like like who knows i mean how would you date how would you yeah exactly how would you know right so like there's there's stuff where like people have found like knives like around who even knows it's a city now but like knives around you know where like oh this must have been from like where the mexicans were had their encampment or this must have been from where you know from here and here and then most people are like there's no way to verify that but phil collins is in cahoots with this dude who's like hey guess what all i did was like polish my knife and there is a jb engraved in it can you believe it he did that like 25 times you're like no i don't think that's true so the phil collins collection is iffy but it's still up to debate whether or not it's even going to be displayed at the alamo it's still kind of back and forth so fun so fun little yeah little thing so the alamo was actually run by the daughters of texas and anything with the word daughters in it i think should be looked at with suspicion i agree because like the um the Daughters of the American Revolution, which is like you can join if you can prove that like your family goes back to the American Revolution here in America. In 19 something, Eleanor Roosevelt resigned very publicly because the DAR wouldn't um, let an African-American singer, Marian Anderson, perform at, at, at an event. And Eleanor Roosevelt was like, that's ridiculous. I'm out. Yeah. And I think that she's not like the only one who has done that. So the daughters of, of Texas, they did a terrible job taking care of the Alamo. They only cared about like the myth. They really would sell kind of like 
crappy tchotchkes, which I'm sure they still do, um, but it was kind of falling apart. And there was some embezzlement on behalf of the, the daughters of Texas. In, um, in the early 1900s, it belonged to the city of San Antonio. And there were two women in 1903 who tried to save it together. There was a woman named Adina Amelia de Zavala and a woman named Clara Driscoll. Clara was super rich. She was an heiress, and she really wanted to take out um, a big part of the Alamo complex and make it into a park for people to walk around in. But Amelia de Zavala was like, some of these buildings that we have here that are used as like literally a grocery store in 1903, I, she's like, I believe this is where the barracks were. Like, this is more important than a park is digging underneath this building and finding the original barracks because that's where people died. You know, and so the two of them clashed and they clashed and the clash and Clara ended up winning and she like got her park. And when they eventually did excavate underneath the, the, the buildings, um, Adina was correct. That is where the barracks were. And that should have been like preserved better. But Clara, because she was rich, she gave all that money is buried at the Alamo and Adina is not. Sweet. Um, and so the Daughters of Texas were audited in 2009, and the control was given back to the city. There's a whole thing with uh, Jeb Bush's son, George Bush, um, like promising different things. And like, when do we, he was like a city congressman, city council person, senator, somewhere in there? I, in there. I, I, I think he was like, it was like something weird. It was like water, water commissioner or something. Yeah. And he was like, you know, trying to figure out like, you know, trying to make it part of his platform. You know, what do we save? What do we what do we do? But the big thing is like the way that they're teaching the way that they teach the Alamo is, you know, they're required to teach them as being heroic. You know, and you're like you're brave in that you stayed there till you died. You know, you didn't have any choice or whatever, but like the and it was a war. And so everyone is like going through something. But also what they were fighting for was very clearly to have. Texas. Well, the heroism okay. part was trying to save the women and children who wouldn't sacrifice themselves, the selfish. No, it's not like that baby was going to save anybody. Taylor, if we were being attacked, I would for sure throw you at the bayonet and run away the opposite direction. Maybe we should give babies guns. See, this we come full circle. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, eventually it ends up with arming teachers and babies. I don't believe you should do that. I'm a hard no on that, but you're, ha- you're making some good points. If you're going to start throwing babies at people, they should at least have guns. You can't start using babies as like cannon fodder. What if they're with the horseshoes? There you go. That will surprise them. That, that, will, that, is, fun. that is way more surprising than a horseshoe. What if instead of a cannonball, it's like a little baby with a cape, and then, then they have to drop their weapons and catch it, and then they're caught off guard. I don't think they would catch it, but I do think Baby Shrapnel is like a really good name for a new rap song. I think they catch it. Yeah, maybe. I think maybe. nine times out of ten, they would drop their guns to catch that baby. It'd be like we, a it's hard to not do that. We you, will only you know, know if we test this. <laughs> okay, well, when we live in different countries and I live in the Republic of California and you live in the Republic of Texas. <laughs> when we go to war? Yes. When we go to right, war deal. with each other. <laughs> we, we can test that. And you'll be like, it's a baby. And you'll be like, Taylor, as you catch the baby and then get stabbed. But damn it. That, I knew she was going to do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> but you would catch it. I know you would. Thank you. I know you would. Thank you for believing me. Um, but uh, yeah, that's it. I really recommend the book, Forget the Alamo. I'll put it in the... Um, in the show notes it's really fun you know they really they talk most of it is about like 
after the Battle of the Alamo, you know, all these people are, are talking about, like, what um, what we should do with it, like, what is Texas history, all of that kind of stuff. And then the Phil Collins stuff is hilarious and bizarre because you're like, what is he doing? He's just buying a bunch of crap for a lot of money. Didn't Matthew McConaughey do a movie? There's one with, there's one from the 80s where Alec Baldwin plays Travis. Alec Baldwin? Yeah. Um, movies. Okay, Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's called. Oh, wait, no, that was. That was Costner, did it? We got the cost. And that's it? Is that really it? I guess that is. Yeah, I guess, well, it's time for another one. Isn't it, though? Maybe. I don't know. It's fun. I like I liked being in San Antonio. San Antonio is very cool. The river walk is a fake river, which I thought was very strange. I did not Literally. know that was a fake river. I actually would have assumed that that's part of like the other story we did about the Colorado. I would have assumed that's part of the Colorado. It might mean the water probably from the Colorado, but it's like it looks like the river you do it like Six Flags when you like go on the like a lazy river. Yeah, it's like exactly. It's like lazy river. Um, they say the 2004 movie is probably the most his, uh, historically accurate. It is produced by Ron Howard, so it's probably gonna be pretty good. And you have Dennis Quaid as Sam Houston and Billy Oh my Bob god, Gordon. Patrick Wilson is is Travis. Oh my god, you love Patrick Wilson. I love Patrick Wilson. I think It's you going need to be to add weird. this. Emily Deschanel's in it. That's weird. Really? Yeah, I wonder if she talks like bones. That's the only thing I can think of. I never, I've literally never seen her in anything else. This could be good. This could be a pretty fun watch, actually. Yeah. It says, you will never forget on the thing. Um, Um. yeah, also, like, you know, there were, um, they do say in this IMDb thing that I should have said earlier is that it wasn't just white people. It was also Tejano people as well. So, like, there were, there were you know, people who lived in Mexico and were more Tejano background were there as well. But Yeah, of course. I mean, the, felt again, that. like that's the thing. Like, like Texas culture and like Mexican culture is like so intertwined. Like, I know it's so interesting, and yet they're, yeah. you know, putting razor wire in the Rio Grande. So here's here's something that's interesting about all that is again being raised here and then having lived in like Florida is Mm -hmm. that a lot of Hispanic cultures veer. right as opposed to because left they're afraid of, yes, they're afraid of dictatorship. Yeah, well, Afraid to be like well, Venezuela. so so it's 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 case by case, I think. So I think that in the case of Florida, where a lot of the people there are from um, further south South America and Cuba, theirs is a dictatorship fear and communism Mm hmm fear, mm hmm and so that's a very very staunchly predictable Republican vote in any election. Mm hmm And in a place like Texas, I I'm having a hard time kind of placing what that is. I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't even begin to speculate on what that, where that comes. Obviously, the re religion piece is a big part of it. So Yeah, the I was going to say that. life thing is a, a part of piece of that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. It, it, it goes back to what I've always kind of said, which is like when it comes to like who people are, what they believe and like all that stuff, like you can't really put a box on a demographic and say they're all like this. 
I everybody know. has their own intent and their own motives and their own reasons for being the way they are and beliefs they have. But it is interesting. Like I would say, like Texas does have that unique spirit of being weirdly multicultural compared to like what you would consider the South. Yeah. Even like if you go to like Northern Florida, Northern Florida is fucking scary. Like I don't like being there. Like it's not. It, it's funny. I'm actually going there in like three weeks. Um, so it'll be nerve wracking a little bit. Um, yeah. But. Who knows? Um, that's fun yeah. though. I, I'm, I'm. That's a really exciting topic. I actually have wanted to go to uh, San Antonio. San Antonio is only like 45 minutes away from me, and I've wanted I to know. make that trip again, and I just haven't. It, mostly because it's just God. There's nothing better than being hungry after a day of exploring the Alamo, then going to the boardwalk, eating just chips and guac with margaritas outside. It's just like the best day. I have the when I went there one of the people in our party a group of people she was very much like i have to have oatmeal for breakfast we were like okay so we walked like a mile and a half past 10,000 restaurants people were having the best fucking time like leaning out the window drinking margaritas screaming and we ended up in like the bottom the basement of a mall so she could have oatmeal wait who was this just someone one of my friends so we were like oh my god look how much fun everybody's having we had so much good food there the wedding i went to i think had a big potato bar that is so fun. I love those. Or I had, or I had like a big potato, but it was like amazing. Man, so I bet cool. they're still married. Oh yeah, they're still yeah. married. Their kids yeah, are teenagers. Yeah, like when when you plan a wedding that cool, uh, how can you not last, right? It was it was lovely. It was lovely. Um, yeah, it was like our first big trip together that Juan and I had. Anyway, it was a long time ago, but very fun. Um, it's a fun story, and yeah. Dan. I'm gonna, Text me. Let me know what you thought. Hope hope this is the one you listen to. Yeah. Texans, Texas people. Um, yeah, Texans don't leave. Just like calm down. No one wants to do that. No one wants to deal with this. No one's gonna do it. If it's no if anything's gonna happen, it's gonna be like that movie Civil War that is coming out with was it Jason Plummin or whatever his name is? It looks really good. Um oh good. I'm sure we need that to I know I saw the- people up. <laughs> I saw the preview when I went watch. I forgot what I went to watch, but it was recent. And I saw the preview. And I was like, "This is not what we need right now." But it yeah, also looks really that. fun. So uh, <laughs> sweet. Well, cool. Taylor, thank you for sharing that. That was an awesome story, and I'm looking forward to hearing some feedback from when it, we publish it. Oh my god, the poster for Civil War has people with guns at the top of the Statue of Liberty. We do not need this. It's just painting a picture of our future. Oh, I just want to live my life and, I don't know, not do that. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's mostly not us who are going to be screwed. It's going to be, like, two generations from us. I know. I'm about um, um, I do have an an email, if you have a second. Yeah, please. Um, So, my cousin Lindsay, who we talked about earlier, um, who is, like I said, just the smartest person I know, literally, um wrote an email about the um you know saying native american and talking a little bit about like the episodes that we did on um carl may and lewis and clark and she has she numbered her email because she's very academic but her first point is we should absolutely go to a powwow if we're ever if we ever are near one um it sounds super fun and they're super fun so we should do that um you know, as for the way we refer to Native peoples, you know, referring to them by their tribe or even by their clan would be even better if we knew that. So we're going to try and do that as much as possible. Um, and then number three, um, 
one thing that that one of us said that I think I definitely say in a way that I need to like clarify and talk and and that I know is not the correct thing to say is like when we say all Native Americans were killed and like destroyed, like that's not true. There are definitely people still alive, you know, when and they are. when when have we ever said that? I feel like we might we, we we she said one of us offhandedly was like yeah and then like we destroyed all of the Native Americans like I don't know if, exactly what we said but like I feel like I just want to make it clear like I don't want to ever not talk about the people who are still yeah alive now. if if we if we said that it was probably yeah. meant to be flippant and not like literal exactly I just want to like put that in there um and then also you know something that we have that is very very real is like you know how Germany has their um you know, how they feel about Native Americans. And like, we still have so many sports teams that have, like, really not cool names. You know? Like, like, I, the Redskins was the biggest obvious one. So I actually read a book, and I should find it, and tell you, because during COVID, I was reading some books about, like, the Native American experience. Um, and one of the books I read said that Redskin meant a pile of bloody bodies. Like, that's where that comes from. Not that's like a so pigment bad. of your skin, but like they were like, you know, so that's even worse. And it was bad, you know? Yeah. So, um, and I like the name Commanders. I think it's kind of cool. I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah. And then, um, yeah, so just a little bit, a little bit of that. Um, she recommended the book Playing Indian by Philip J. Deloria. So I'm going to read that and take a Fun. look at it. Yeah. And well, learn it, is, are you just on a kick lately? Because you did Carl Mayan last week and now you're doing the Alamo this week. Is there like... Why German, thinking... Western, and then American West. Like, is there like a? You know, that's so interesting because I do think my topic next week is going to be German. But I wasn't thinking about going back and forth between German and the American Germany and the American West. I, I don't know where that's coming from. I should yeah, unpack that somehow, maybe with you later. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know. I was thinking American West, and I have another American West story to tell you. I was going to do a German story next week, and then couple more and then i have some fun things in the in the hopper for women's history month in march sweet so yeah. sweet and then we can discuss the whole women and children thing during women's history should, month oh my god so funny we should i mean i'm sure there's a good reason why that is a thing i remember i'm sorry everyone who doesn't care about this but one of the dan carlins i think it's a celtic holocaust one where he talks about how like the romans just like killed all of the celts mostly, and then some of them went up to Ireland. But um, the women in those tribes of people would go with them to battle, and if their husbands came back not injured, they'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You didn't fight her enough? Like, I mean, that was, yeah, I think that was like Spartan. I mean, that was a lot of cultures, <laughs> I think. Yeah. So, so. Um, I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to stay home. And... One, go fight call. to the death. Give me a call later, but I don't think I'm going to go. So, <laughs> listeners, if you have an opinion of this, please let us know. I would, but I don't want to. Um, cool. Well, thank you, Faris. Thank you, Taylor. Uh, thank you, everyone. We can go ahead. Oh, oh yeah, write to us at doomnfelpod at gmail.com on the socials at doomnfelpod. Uh, we tell your friends to get feedback. Tell all your friends, tell your friends or your family, grab their phones and then subscribe them to us without That's even calling awesome. them. It'd be great. Five, be stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Sweet. Cool. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and cut us off, Taylor. Thank you very much. And. Mm-hmm.